Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We are shining a light on bright ideas. And today we're jumping back into the product space. Uh, Really cool uh, story today I'm excited to share with you. Uh, We're talking watches. We're talking clocks. We're talking how you launch a product around that. And on the podcast today is James Reeves. And James, it's awesome having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I was telling you before, I've been listening for quite a bit and I love uh, all the all the subjects you take on, everything from college admissions to, uh, to what was it, the hot mess cosmetics? <laughs> hot mesh cosmetics. <laughs> it was a great episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend everyone download that one. And, <laughs> And, every, and then stuff as serious as like blockchain. So I know like it's kind of a catch-all, right? Yeah, it's funny. Um, those yeah, are some. Those yeah. are some good ones. I'm glad you've been checking it out. And I, uh, you're right. That's a that was a good cross section you mentioned. You got the college admissions one that just came out, which I think is strong. The hot mess cosmetics, another product, right company, but <laughs> in the cannabis space, <laughs> it's just funny. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well. No, this yeah, is great. Can, can I do one promo for you as well? Oh, please I, go for it. I really. I, yeah, yeah, I like what you do with the with the bonus dad and bonus mom uh, book as well. I just think it's a really neat thing for a family to do together, but also it is a great lesson that you know families come in all sorts of different definitions. All that matters is is the love that it, you know kids feel inside a home. So I just thought that was really neat, and I think uh, more people need to to know about it. So uh, good to you, I love it. I, I'm going to use that as like a commercial for the uh, the book. <laughs> no, that was a fun project. <laughs> it was a fun project that I think you probably, you know, I, I, on that episode I talked about that started off as like this really boring preachy, you know, how to be a stepdad book. And then when we uh, had this idea around mixing the kids angle in, it just became a whole new level of uh, passion for us and just meaning. And it's been so much fun getting that rolled out. And I know it's not nearly like creating watches like we're going to talk about today, but that was, it was really cool seeing something come from an idea, right? To fruition. And I know you're right in the middle of that with your company. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate the feedback. All right. So, but let's talk about you. I mean, that's why we're here, right? So talk about Diefendorf watches. I mean, this is so cool. You started your own business in this space, but talk about the business and how you decided to get it started. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Thanks so much again for having me on too. Uh, you know, Diefendorf is basically three things. It's a modern watch company that has the distinctive watches at a fair price. And then it's a company that rebels against the usual. So those are kind of our three things that we have going. And I, I think uh, one of the interesting things about the company is it combines my two kind of passions. One, of course, is watches and and just the kind of the finishing element it has on a guy's style um, and, and a woman's style, too. But then also the second was uh, the unique combination of my, my other passion of, of family ancestry research. And kind of as I was looking into the watch industry, I started to uncover more and more about my, my family history. I came across um, through um, uh, Ancestry.com, my sixth great-grandfather who uh, fought in the American Revolution and died 200 years to the day, perhaps to the hour of me being born. Uh, he was a captain in the Revolutionary Army. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And was, was shot in the lungs um, in an ambush in uh, Western New York, which was kind of like the wild, wild west of the days. Of those days. <laughs> wow. and, uh, Hard to believe that. I know. And, and, and the kicker was that, um, you know, the, 
as he was basically the son of Swiss immigrants. And so when I was looking at potentially starting a watch company and then discovering this almost at the same time, I was just like, there's no other choice I have than to, to name the company after him. Um, not only because of the strange coincidence with me being born, but also, you know, in honor of his sacrifice and, and to try to find a, a way to kind of bring his story out into kind of modern America. I love that. Well, and that's the name Diefendorf, right? That's where you got the name from. Yeah. His, his full name was Captain Henry Diefendorf. Um, and his, uh, he, at one point he actually recruited a 17 year old into the revolutionary army who, after Henry died, um, this guy married, um, his, his daughter, Henry's daughter. Wow. So it's his son-in-law. Um, and so, um, the name of my first watch collection, uh, is actually going to be named after him. First name, oh, that's Cornelius. awesome. So I love it. How he came up Cornelius collection. Yeah. That is awesome. Okay. Well, here's a question. So love the family history and how you got to the naming of your company and your collection, but why watches? And then what, like, what do you see in this space that, you know, there, where there's a real niche for your product. And I love the designs, by the way, that you sent over to me to review that they look so cool. Um, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on how, you know, why watches and how you got in the space. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, first I've always been obsessed with watches. I think, uh, and even clocks too. I think they're, they're kind of that final statement you can have, um, you know, on, on any outfit, whether you're kind of going out, you know, to the opera or going out to a wedding or even just kind of uh, going out to friends for a beer. Um, you know, I, I think as I've gotten to know kind of watch consumers, um, you know, there's a story behind every watch. No question. And, you know, I've gotten into conversations. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten into conversations with, with folks, you know, that I know, uh, as well as just random strangers in airports when, you know, you're sitting at the bar waiting for your plane. And I've just asked, you know, the, the guy sitting next to me, but, you know, what, what's the story behind your watch? And this one guy got really kind of choked up because it was a gift to him from his husband. And, and it, that's when I, I realized that, gosh, you know, watches are a lot more than the fashion accessory. There's something unique about them it's something about self-expression about them and um and so then i guess that's a good segue into kind of like this the space is that you know everyone is is looking for that you know kind of the final accessory that expresses who they are sure a lot like having a motorcycle which i used to have and <laughs> i miss terribly but you know motorcyclists are kind of like their motorcycle is about them and it's kind of their way of saying you know this is me and uh, watches are, are are a much safer version of that. Sure, and, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. And so, when I was when I was looking for my next watch, I started to look at all the watches out there, and I was just kind of and I looked at all different price points, you know, and within reason, and and um, I found that everything kind of looked the same. You know, it either had the Roman numeral dials or it had, you know, the Arabic numbers on it. And, and, uh, particularly if you look at some of the cheap watches out there, they just, they're all like carbon copies of each other. Right. They just have different colors. And, and I was just bored by it. And then on the <laughs> other end of the spectrum, there's like these watches that are so wild and crazy that right. I'm just like, who on earth would ever want to wear some of these? And, <laughs> right. and, 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 but there was no, nothing in between. Right. And, so that's kind of the the space that I, we wanted to fill, and um, and so that's why we we developed our first our, our first collection, the Cornelius Collection. We think it fits in that where it's it's distinctive but familiar enough that you would actually still want to wear it. 
I love it. All right. So you got the idea. You already, uh, you know, you've, you've vetted and figured out the market and what, you know, what's your value prop and as well as your angle. I love your rebel or rebel against the usual tagline. I love the fact that, and you can talk about this a little later, the whole giving back component. But um, so you have the idea, you've done your research and you're like ready to start designing. Like, how did you take the first step? Because you weren't like, you know, the expert watchmaker, right? So how did you figure out how to go from, I've got a cool idea and a cool company name and a cool collection to, you know, bringing the watches to life? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I think, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of experts out there. Watchmaking itself is a whole profession where there's certifications and um, and I, I am, I'm more of a watch designer. Um, and so, you know, particularly when you start any company, you have to be very aware of what your skills are, what your assets are, and then also know where you need to bring in other people. And that's, that's exactly what I did, uh, with not only in terms of like, you know, the legal formation. So I brought in my lawyer and accountant, et cetera, but also, uh, you know, I, I found a manufacturer who, who is a watchmaker, does, makes watches for over 60 brands, um, based in Ohio. Uh, and so, you know, it was, we were able to be that perfect kind of, you know, Venn diagram of my skills and his skills. And, um, and it, it really started out with me, um, just picking up a pencil and paper and just drawing, you know, something. And, and the first, you know, a couple designs, you know, were just kind of like, yeah, but then it was right. by the time I got to maybe like the 10th design where I was like, Oh, I've, I've got something here. And, and I refined it some more and more, and uh, then eventually, you know, made the leap by, by reaching out to the manufacturer, and from there, it just kind of took off. Well, how did you find your manufacturer? I, you know, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, they've gotten through that initial. I've got a picture of it, or I have a, a mock-up of it, and yeah, I can get access to attorneys for patents and 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 kind of the legalese part. How did you figure out the manufacturing piece? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the the. Easiest thing for me to do to have done is to just have, have sourced a manufacturer from from overseas, particularly in right. Asia. You know, you can you can go on to Alibaba now and and find a you know a watchmaking company and and buy it off Alibaba. You know, repackage it and sell it here. However, those watches aren't really going to be of great quality, and, and you know, sure. have, they're basically going to be ripoffs of other brands. They're not going to be your design, right? And so, I needed something more than that, and. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I don't even remember what brand it was, but there was like a, it was an, it was an advertisement and, uh, and it said that, you know, this guy was at his laptop and he kept, uh, you know, Googling something and searching and searching. And finally there was an announcement. You have reached the end of the internet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, that's the, that was my process. You know, I just, uh, continued to search and, and find folks. And, and it was hard in the U S particularly because you know this this brand is is has uh, you know Swiss heritage, but is very much an American brand. Um, it was important for me to also match that with the watch itself, what's inside the watch, but also how it's made. And watchmaking in the U.S. is is a dying art. And so, um, you know, I I found this guy, and and there's there's a lot of other you know watchmakers, but they mainly make watches for their for their own brand in the U.S. Um, this is uh, one of the few guys in the U.S. who who actually make make for other brands. So, um, you know, the short answer is uh, reach stand on the internet, and uh, and then hopefully you'll be able to to find what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's a great place to start. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and now where are you in the process? Right. So, initial designs, found a manufacturer. 
got your website up. I, I, I've checked it out and everything. So, you know, talk about the process of and the timing because I think some people don't realize how much time this this type of thing takes. But for you know, wh- where are you in that overall process, and how have you come along in that process? Yeah. Uh, so I am um, days, perhaps hours away from actually receiving the prototypes. Um, ah, that's exciting. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. very exciting process. I've seen pictures of the prototypes, um, but uh, you know, having them, you know, in hand or or on wrist, if you will, will, will be kind of a momentous occasion. And totally, uh, totally. But yeah, I think you're you're totally right. Um, you know, going through the process of actually creating a product, conceptualizing and creating it, um, prototyping it, and then launching it is, is not a quick process and shouldn't be a quick process, particularly when you look at something like watches that have to be perfect. Um, right. You know, it's not something you can rush. Uh, no, and, exactly. Uh, you know, so, you know, by the time we launch, um, you know, I, you know, fully up and running, um, I think we'll probably be at about a year in terms of the entire length of when I started to really kind of get the vision in my head, um, the business planning process, then the design and manufacturing. So, yeah, I think uh, that's one thing, one bit of advice I have for everyone is just, you know, you need to allow more time than, than you think, um, and you need to find that balance of Patience and impatience. Yeah, no question. Uh, it's always an interesting place to live. I yeah. love those two. Those are two good pieces of advice. And in terms of the market and getting the product out, so you're going to get prototypes and then you'll probably make some tweaks or say good to go and then you move to production. So then what? Is it sell online? Is it sell through retailers? What's your thought on strategy in terms of you know building awareness and selling product? Yeah, that's, uh, so primarily the way watch consumers are going now is it's primarily shifting online. So, uh, you know, the, the days of, uh, department store, you know, watch buying are, are kind of dying and increasingly the days of, of single brand stores, uh, you know, the big, the big guys having their own stores, um, you know, with few exceptions, those are also dying consumers more and more across the board of, you know, are, are, are moving online. So that's where we're going to be. So, you know, we'll sell through our own, boutique um uh, e-boutique uh but then also there are, there still is a, an opportunity for brick and mortar retail and so we will be in a couple of shops um but the main emphasis you know maybe 90 percent or so is going to be through selling through our own online channel as well as through you know affiliate marketing and things like that well, that's awesome that's great well and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when people see your product too, it's exciting and interesting and a, and a little different. You know, I mean, it's got its own angle in terms of design, which I think is really, really cool. Um, talk about, you mentioned a couple of the lessons learned about, I'll say the patience, <laughs> which I have a hard time with, uh, you know, just the time it takes to get some things together. Uh, what would be, you know, one or two of the other things you've learned along this journey as you're getting close to, you know, major product launch? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think... Um Two two big things um, is is first talk to your customers, talk to your customers, talk to your customers. Um, that is, you know, with, without a doubt, the single most important thing any entrepreneur uh, can and should do. Right, you're going to make a product for customers. You ought to get their feedback on it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, but then also talk to people who aren't your customers too, because then you you learn a lot more about somebody's perspective of what you have in your in your mind. So two things that I did related to that that I thought were helpful is you know the obvious thing was I I went on my social media accounts and just said hey you know if you're if you're up for talking sometime would love would love to chat so I talked to maybe like a dozen people or so. Second thing that I did and and this isn't my idea I stole it from a book but I I literally went into a coffee shop near me 
put up a sign that said free coffee for science and, um, and then had people approach me. And I got permission from the manager and all that, but there's something really powerful about talking to people you don't know that aren't in your social circles. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was fascinating, the conversations, right? I mean, that's a great one. Oh, it, it totally was. And that was one of my concerns going into this was like, gosh, are millennials buying watches? And, and so I you know, spoke to this one guy who is, who is you know, of millennial age, and not only is he not only does he like having a watch, but he buys multiple watches and then right for different outfits and different looks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause it's, it's a lot about self-expression. And when you look at the stats, you know, the, the biggest watch buyers right now are, are millennials, but also the, the next generation, whether you call them I generation or Gen Z, they're two to three times likelier to buy multiple watches. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that was a, my conversation with him was was a great kind of qualitative thing that gave me insight into into believing some of the quantitative you know stats that I saw. Um, and the the second bit of advice is um, to look beyond the product. Um, you know, it's not just about your specific product. So, um, you know, one of the things that we're doing on on our site is we have a, a blog, and um, you know, for you know, for example, you know, fairly recently. You know, we just published a post on on top nine tips on how a guy can kind of quote unquote up his game in style. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and so it's a way to not only feature other entrepreneurs and other other folks um, who are experts in fashion and style, but um, you know, it's it's trying to help the consumer in ways that may have something to do with your product, but also have other benefits as well. I love that. Well, and you know. I do have one question. So I'm sure some people listening are like, well, where do you feel the market is with traditional watches versus like the digital watch? And what are you seeing or feeling in terms of that space? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question because it was also something, you know, that, that gave me some pause when I was looking to this. But, um, you know, there, there was a sense that I was getting from my conversations with, with potential customers that there is a segment out there that um, rejects smartwatches. Uh, and, um, there was a number of people who were, who were just like, I think it's rude when people wear them, when you're talking to them and they look, um, and then they're like, you know, if I had it on me and all of a sudden it buzzes and I get, I get, you know, a text message, you know, that bothers me. Like I want to focus on the conversation. And then, you know, another cohort within that group was just like, I just think they're, they're ugly. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, small iPhone on watch on wrist, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's no doubt that that smartwatches have had an impact on overall watch sales. There, you know, if you include them in, you know, the watch category is increasing. But if you don't include them in, watch category is still doing quite well. Um, but you know, some of the stats that I have is you know, seventeen of seventeen percent of consumers never would buy a smartwatch, and then sixteen of, of watch consumers still have absolutely no idea about what is even the purpose of a smartwatch. So I think uh, you know all of those insights gave me gave me some some comfort that that yeah like you know the smartwatches are here they're going to be a part of fashion style and in everyday life but so are mechanical watches <laughs> right I could totally see that no that's great well I, I'm super excited about seeing where your company goes and and seeing the product come to life I can't wait to see like the prototypes in a couple weeks and and the finished product and like I said the designs that you showed me were just awesome and. I think you're really going to get a lot of interest as people explore this category um, with you. 
tell our audience where they can find you, how they can engage with you, how they can check out your products, stay in the loop on your blog, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so the best thing to do is rather than me spell, spell out, you know, the entire web address. <laughs> Deardorf watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it only rolls off my tongue because I've been saying it for a year. But um, <laughs> so what you can do is just go to getagreatwatch.com. Hey, great website. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't even need to. It's like, what do I need to do again? Oh, yeah. Getagreatwatch.com. And uh, and uh, so there you'll find links to our, to our, our journal. Um, and then uh, depending on when this launches, we'll have announcements about um, both our pre-sale prior to launch, but then we're also planning um, uh, launch parties in both New York uh, and also in Chicago as well. So um, we'll have more details on that um, on getagreatwatch.com. I love that. Yeah, it's funny for all of you listening. We James and I had a, a couple of conversations before the podcast on his website and on a couple of the other episodes that I've uh, I've released. I'm having to spell out you know websites for people that might just have complex names or company names, etc. So I love James that you got getagreatwatch.com. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's really cool yeah it's a, it's a good investment for $12 <laughs> right so. exactly keep it simple make it so people can find it hey I'm so glad you're on the podcast I'm excited for you and look forward to staying in touch yeah me too and, and I'm really thrilled to, to be on here thanks so much for having me absolutely thank you for joining us on the contender cast you can download additional contender cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes app store the Google Play store Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.